Hey, Pat. Hey, Pat. <laughs> hey Brian. What's, What's up, going guys? On, guys? Hey. Hey. No. no. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Brian seems bored. He's totally bored. Look at him. <laughs> Look <What>? at me. <laughs> Look at him in the eyes. You know, that's the thing about this show, that whenever we're talking and telling stories about our weeks, you guys will look at me because you are having well, a conversation yes. with me, and I can't stand it. I keep, like, looking down <laughs> because I'm in story mode, so that you guys are both staring at me, right? It's driving me fucking right. crazy. So, yes, Brian, I'm looking at you, and it's killing me every ah, second. That's a treasure. Let me read you. <laughs> Good, we're done. So this week, we are going to be reading a story by GM Warboys, and that is how I've chosen to pronounce his name. Uh, Brian has looked into his name for all different pronunciations, but I'm sticking with Warboys because it sounds awesome. Uh, I agree. The only reason why I'm bringing this up right away is because we have already recorded a story of his. Stop staring at me. <laughs> He's already recorded a story. But you're talking to me. I I'm looking down. We're we're in we're in show mode. Hmm. Um. So we have already read a story of his, and uh, uh, but uh, he actually contacted us recently saying. I got a better story for you to read. And then I said, yeah. And then he sent it, and I read it, and I was like, that is a good story. And then he said, then he came back later saying, I have written a specific ending just for you guys. Oh. And I said, oh, my oh. God. And then the big seller on that was when he said that he wanted us to do it in Australian accents. Mind you, he's from Australia. So, we are being given permission by a person from the native land, that sweet beer town of Australia, that uh, we get to do Australian accents. And I said, do you mind? We already recorded your other story. Could we put that on the back burner and do this one this week? And he goes, all right, fine. So, we're doing this. This is the disclaimer. Australian accents. Uh, permission. <laughs> permission. Tough, tough, right. tough stuff. This ought to be... Uh... I listened to a hunting podcast mm-hmm. that I searched on the little iTunes app, Australian. Yep. And I got a couple of podcasts, so I listened this morning as I was cleaning the house before work. Mm-hmm. I was trying to, you know, replicate what they were saying out loud. Yeah. Even through my earbuds, I could tell I sucked. I know. It was no good. I know. <laughs> I know, and then Brian was nice enough to pull up uh, YouTube videos when we got here. We spent a good... Half hour. I got here, no, I got here at like six, and it's almost eight, so we spent a long time, yeah, looking at YouTube videos of how to speak Australian with an Australian accent, and and it was very awkward. Kim and I trying to say stuff out loud... It's, it's tough. I tell you, Crocodile Dundee, man, we should have watched it. It's, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know. You now know. that you're saying that, maybe we should have. Because you get wrapped up in the story, then all of a sudden you become part of the, the environment. Uh, these lingual things that we were doing, was uh, it was tough. And it was so sad to watch all of us Midwestern people trying to say, I like your hat. <laughs> good day, mate. Yeah, did, did they ever say good day, mate, in any of them? I don't believe that they did. Just Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, see, there you go. Well, the one person said that never heard uh, a woman say uh, mate or... That's true. She yeah. had she had a term... That, For kind of a lower class woman. Yeah, lower class in general, like sit around drinking beer all yeah. day, that kind of thing. Kind of basically like your, your average Ama- like American white trash. Yeah. But they had a term for it, and it they starts did. with a D, I want to say. I forgot what it I was. But she goes, no women ever say, like, mate or whatever, yeah. unless they're that term. I'm like, damn it. 
I feel like we a tried. CIA agent. Like, you are going to be dropped into Australia, and you need to be able to mix perfectly, blow up their embassy I or whatever. I need a full 24 hours <laughs> of constant coaching. Exactly. I know. I wish I would have... We should have... Yeah. Too bad we well, don't have an Australian. Because even I mean, the videos... What do we I got Crocodile Dundee, Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah. The Foster's beer commercials. That's true. And also, was the guy from the Duracell batteries who was always screaming, oi, back in the 80s? Do you remember him at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember. I met for some reason because like Australia was a huge deal in the eighties. It also in every commercial on television had some Australian guy, yeah. and I remember him being one just screaming "oi" at you. That's and because then, girls the op- love accents. Yeah, yeah, they do. And How have you on the Office? There was uh, Kevin. Kevin. He kept on saying "dangle babies." That's oh. really, you know I watched a documentary on that. Highly controversial. Because, like, you know, like, the, the dingo ate your baby joke? It turns yeah. out it's not funny. It was, like, a highly controversial thing. I'm sure. <laughs> but here in America, it's just a great little catchphrase to say. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reason why I'm jumping in with that disclaimer, because if at any point beyond me making this disclaimer, you hear us making an Australian accent, we are not dicks. We have been instructed by the author of this book to brush up and do our best. It's part of the spiel. It's part of the spiel. So Brian and I are probably not going to attempt it. Mm-hmm. But Patrick is getting a little I'm getting closer. fancy. I'm he getting was closer. getting a little fancy with his accents. Oh, oh, Brian. oh wow, the foam just got me in got the there. mouth. Sorry. I'm oh, getting thirsty. over there. Why don't you pour some glasses? Uh, before you talk about the beer of the week... Oh, see all that work. How do you see that? How do you say it in Australian? What? Jesus. No. Oh, God. I can't. It sounds like... This episode's going to suck. I know. So much editing coming up. Oh, this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so my... Instead of going for the standard sort of what America sees of Australia, which is Steve Irwin and all that kind of stuff... Uh, I decided to go for something a little more subtle with what my inspiration was for the Australian accent, which is in Minneapolis and all over the country, they have a whole line of sedation dentistry uh, clinics. And I remember a few years ago, um, there was a radio commercial for sedation dentistry where the person who apparently was running the clinic had an Australian accent and he had the creepiest voice because he was trying to be very calm and very soothing, talking about how all we do is... You sit down, and <laughs> this is geared towards people that are afraid of dentists. So he's like, you sit down, and we just give you a small pill. A very small pill. And you just sleep for a little bit, and when you wake up, your mouth is beautiful. But the way he said it was so creepy. And very painful. And very painful. It's just, so we say, like, all you do is you just come to our clinic, and you sit down, and we just give you a small pill. And it was so eerie, and it played, <laughs> like, 90 times a day. So, I, uh, so that's, that's my inspiration. Brian, do you have yes. inspiration for your beer? Well, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's called Louis Demise Amber mm-hmm. Ale mm-hmm. from Milwaukee Brewing Company. There you go. And our flagship brand. This medium-bodied amber ale starts with a rich malt flourish that's kept in perfect balance by a smooth hop finish. This MBC original is similar to a German-style alt beer. Not uh, it's German, not alt, Australian. Alt beer. Yeah, but it Damn does it. have it does have a dead guy. Yep. What is it again? The demise, and it shows yep, a dead Louis man. Demise. We don't have the four Firkins anymore. Which, mind you, the tie-ins. Uh, again, Australian tie-ins. Yeah. The We've had 
uh, one author of The Jackdaw, who is from Australia. Mm-hmm. Incredibly nice guy. Yep. We used to go get our beer from the Four Firkins, which is a person that was from Australia that specifically came to the Midwest, because as he said, that's where all the beer renaissance is happening. True. Yep. Uh, and now this. So, uh, But I'm so depressed still. The Four Firkins? I know. was so specific. We could have said, I need a story about a dead musician, and it's got to be Australian. And they'd they be like, would have gone Here's to the shelf beer. and picked it out. And it would have had a picture of a dead Australian musician on it. Son of a it's bitch. It's going to be a while before we find a place that we can walk in and do that. I know. Though I don't think the Four Firkins people ever listened to our show. They kept talking about wine. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> oh, Brian. No, I mean, I mean... It, yeah. it was fine. They 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 uh, you know they obliged us. They did oblige us. They fed our egos. Yeah, they we had kind fed sweet. our egos. Kind sweet Brian. He didn't care. No, well Brian seemed a little hurt when he said that. Oh. There's a little pain behind that. A little uh-huh. defensiveness. So Brian. Yeah. Kim. Uh huh. <laughs> Emily, she's not here. Kim. She's Brian. Not. Yeah. How was your week? Oh, Kim, was how was your week? <gasps> Cut off Brian, Brian. this wow. time. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with Brian. Brian, how was your week? And don't say it was Jesus fine and then be quiet after You know what? what? Epic week. Epic week? Did the you return of... Oh, yes. Yeah. Art Bell. Art Bell. <laughs> East of the Rockies. <laughs> God, I love that. This is, yeah. the, this is both of you as a I know. combined yeah. week. This, is, this awesome. is our combined week. You, you just said that you had nothing going this week. I didn't, but you're right. And Art Bell is the only is thing it. going on. You guys had a countdown, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Brian actually texted me saying, we've only got eight hours and so many minutes, and I wrote back saying, you think I don't fucking know that? <laughs> <laughs> it's he Art told Bell. me that. He told me that. Yeah. Artbell.com. Artbell.com. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is a very. It's a. Uh, I feel young again. Yeah. I feel like it's the 1990s it, when the uh, world is full yeah, of promise. Yep. Yeah. Kim. Hey, Kim. <laughs> oh, hey guys. Uh, this Saturday night, I went down to Acme Comedy Club. Do you care if I go pee while you tell the story? I kind of do. <laughs> okay. I feel like this right, no, is I'll an stay. I'll awesome stay. story. <sighs> so okay, I so went I with my friend me. Cheryl. Oh fuck. Hi Cheryl. We yeah, had hi Cheryl. Some drinks and appetizers at the bar mm-hmm. de Grassa. And then we went to Acme Comedy Club and we saw three comedians, all funny. Well they better be, damn it. You paid money for that shit. And I bought to support the lady who was kind of my age, middle aged, you know oh, yeah? from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah? Funny. To support her, I bought her CD oh. and a T-shirt. I put the CD in the CD player of my car because oh, that is the only the CD only player have, I yeah. have left. Kept kicking it out. Oh. It won't take it? It said something's wrong with it. It's all formative because she For did it on her home computer. sake. Oh. Uh, give it to me. I'll fix it. You Brian will? will you Brian can? Why didn't you tell Brian about this the second right. it happened? Because Brian's all about this shit. You got a really? computer problem? Come on. Wow. Especially media from the 90s, like the CDs. Brian's all over that. He can wow. figure that out. He's been doing that for fucking years. That's right. I was disappointed, and I th- and I thought, well, hey, listen, it's a donation to her craft. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Was she good? Was she funny? She was very funny. Was she? Okay, good. But I thought, but I can't listen. I yeah. I was time. a little disappointed. Okay, Brian, I'll give yeah. it to you. <laughs> she's going to give it to me, Pat. Yeah, I guess she's going to give it to you. And Which hard. is weird because normally you're supposed and to be hard. hard, but okay. And I'm gonna long, which is not really, but though very also long and hard. Being my sister, I'm proud that you're the dominant one giving it to him long and hard. Even though it's a little weird that he's not giving it to you long and mm-hmm. hard, but I'm yeah. glad that's my sister. That's 
Just like a buyer, huh? You know what? I'm a giver. <laughs> I'm a giver. Yeah, and you make everyone else your takers. And then when we were done, we stopped at this place called Grumpy's. We had some oh, beers Grumpy's and sure. tater tots. Tots. They tots. Were, they were delicious. Oh, look at you. We had a great night. Well, we're good. That's all you got for your week? Pretty much that and work, yeah. All right, yeah. I'm in the same boat. Work, 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 work. Yeah. Yep. Work, masturbation. Trying I don't... to find things on net. Hold on, I'm not done. <laughs> Nobody to find likes it. Hold on, I'm not trying to... I'm, oh. I'm still talking. Nobody likes it. Trying to find things on Netflix to watch. It's new, uh, boring documentaries, masturbation, work, and... Nope. That's about it. So this week, we are going to read Entitled by GM Warboys. GM Warboys grew up in a dairy farm in Victoria, Australia. Education and life led him to the city, first Melbourne and then Sydney. After almost 20 years, he decided enough was enough and moved to a small bush block in the southern tablelands of New South Wales, from which he continues to create computer software for clients far removed from the kangaroos and guanas that stare in at him through the office window. A lifelong obsession with books finally led him back to writing, an interest that for many years has seen exercise in only technical writing and scarily long emails. So, we've learned a few things about how to do our accents. One is upswings, ending sentences that sound like questions mm-hmm. is one thing. Mm-hmm. And another one is... What was it again? It was like for like hat. It was like egg. Damn, yeah, was that right. it? Yeah. So yeah. a hard A is supposed to be like A egg. Hate. Yeah, like hate. <clears throat> there you hate. go. Hate. So we got a few things to juggle and remember. So this is going to be absolutely painful. So Kim is apparently, she's out. I'm out. She's just going to do a, like a Midwestern accent. She tried. Can't do it. And it was painful to listen to. Yeah. It was hard. Brian said, oh, we should just try and keep it, you know, that's the beauty of it. It's going to be awkward. I'm like, oh, this is really, (laughs) this is tough for an hour's worth of listening to her, like, sound like a fucked up Cockney accent. It's fine. I can say this because mine is perfect. (laughs) In every way. Yeah. Here we go. I'm sitting here tonight with Benjamin Kane, a name I'm sure you'll all recognize. This is the young man that released Leighton's last rhapsody to the world. His actions delighted myriad of fans of the late Seymour Leighton, but have raised consternation and complicated legal dispute among those that control Leighton's estate. Good evening, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a plane going over. I was overhead. really trying to hold it. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Thing, yeah. Go ahead, Ben. I'm high. <laughs> no, upswing. I'm high? There you go. <laughs> How is it that you came into position of Seymour Leighton's musical composition called Leighton's Last Rhapsody? It was just Last Rhapsody. Leighton isn't part of the title. Upswing. Title? <laughs> <laughs> So you were a fan of Seymour Leighton? Yeah, of course. All your friends at school all fans too? Most of them. So how did a schoolboy get a hold of a famous musician's unpublished music, a piece, I might add, that no one has ever heard him working on? It's real. It's been proven. I want to slap you in the face. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to slap me in the face? Is it because my accent's just perfect? Is it too, so, oh, your but, voice? Because you're so close to the mic, and I just and you're so quiet. Mm-hmm. I want to slap your face. I know it's because I'm being. It's my hubris yes. that's driving you crazy. Though we have Ugh. practiced the ending, which is specifically written for us, which is awesome. 
uh, we I practiced it because I'm like, well, then I guess since I'm the one with the accent, and this this the end is very Australian with some slang and stuff. Uh, I'll do it when I do it out loud. It sounds horrible. When I mumble, it sounds fantastic. Yes. So we got to figure that one out. Yes, I understand it has since been authenticated by experts, but you didn't know that when you released it to the world. I knew it was real. There was other stuff on there, too. Private letters and stuff that could only have been his. Upswing, his? man. Sorry, God. It's the only his? rule you've got to follow. Upswing. Ben. <laughs> Only have been his. <laughs> now you sound authentically Australian. <laughs> Barely. All right. But how did you come to have anything that must have been intensely personal and valuable to Seymour Leighton? I do some work on the weekends with me dad. <laughs> oh, look at you. You finally did it. And what does your father do? He's a removalist. A furniture mover? Yeah, and sometimes he gets jobs for the deceased estates. Or he has to take out stuff that's left when other when everyone else has taken what they want, you know, <laughs> to go to the tip whatever. They're usually only small jobs. The vultures don't leave much, but Dad says that's okay. <laughs> it's sort of a perk when he gets for having done valuable stuff for vultures first. First, first. <laughs> I love that you're doing it, though. Yeah. <clears throat> and you were helping him when you found it? Yeah. We were moving this old table. <laughs> we <laughs> see why no one wanted it. It was old and scratched and had two wonky legs. It looked <laughs> like it was going to fall over before we even touched it. <laughs> This is going to kill me through yeah. the entire book. <laughs> Just Brian ending every sentence with a question mark. We were careful getting it downstairs because we didn't want to scratch it up the house but once we got it outside we just sort sort of slung it between us. Where were you going to take it? The tip? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't worth anything to anyone. Anyway, I slipped on <laughs> A step and drop my end of it. Dad got hit on the shin by one of the legs at his end and called me clumsy. There you go. Nice. I'm sure he did. Is your dad all right? Sure. He says job's not done until you get at least one bruise doing it. And what happened, Dean? I had the end with the two wonky legs and one of them broke off. And hit the steps. <laughs> I picked it up and carried it with us to the truck. I was about to sling it onto the tray when I saw that there was a hole near the top of it. It would have been hidden when it was still attached to the tabletop. <laughs> I had to peek in and I see a thumb drive stuck in there. That's a small device like this one, yes. You plug it into your computer, and you can back up files from your computer onto one for safekeeping? Yeah, that's right. So, that's how I got it. The music? <laughs> and you just popped it into your pocket and took it home? Well, yeah. All that stuff is fair game. And <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I, love I mean... This. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. It was just going... To the tip. 
Well, yeah, all that stuff was fair game. I mean, it was going to the tip. If I hadn't taken it, then someone at the tip would have, if they found it. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you think of handing it to someone at the house? There was no one else there. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be crazy by the end of the book. You must have realized it could have been valuable. There was just a couple of bucks each, and they're only used for backups and stuff. So it wasn't like I was taking anything that they didn't already have. (laughs) I cannot get over that. (laughs) Except they didn't. No one else has found copies of the files. I didn't know that. (laughs) Anyway, they probably just didn't know to look at them. But you did? Yeah, I did a bit of crypto stuff as a hobby. Computer hacking? Nah, not really. Just playing around with the ciphers and stuff. So tell us, why did it take three years to decide to release what you found? I didn't. Leighton died then, but the vultures didn't finish picking up, picking over his things for ages. And it took me months of work to find out how to decrypt the files. So you do. It was valuable then? No, just wanted to prove I could do it. Once I got a few out, I almost didn't bother with the rest because I just mucked about, mucking about. <laughs> so what did you do when you found this new piece? I played it. <laughs> Well, then I realized it was something new. I uploaded it so others could hear it too. Why didn't you contact the estate? Why? No, (laughs) (laughs) that was a nice little uh, conversational moment there. Why? Wow, we we actually became the characters for a second there. The music hadn't been released. I thought must have been something he'd thrown away without publishing, but it sounded good to me. Was there other music on the drive? Yeah, but it was all stuff we already have. Lots of his most recent stuff. And there were a few other files I hadn't gotten into yet. So there could be more music yet to be released? Maybe. The cops took it. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michelle, you say the music really belongs to you? Yes, Carmen. (laughs) Seymour told me working on something. He said it was sort of apology for the arguments we'd had. Something to make up for all the time we'd lost. He told you he was working on this piece? He didn't name the piece. He was often secretive like that. But now I've heard it. I'm sure it was it is the one he was talking about. We knew each other so well. And this one speaks to me. You hadn't said anything about it before the music was released. Why not? I had assumed the piece was never finished, and he may even have deleted it. Seymour could get like that at times if he, if his work didn't satisfy him. There wasn't any point kicking a fuss or something that might no longer exist. So you don't agree that with those that suggest you're making this up as you go? That's not Dignify such ugly lies with airtime. And what of the rumors that Seymour had been secretly involved with someone else? Might this piece have been written for his secret ladder? There was no one else, secret or otherwise. Seymour and I were 
were deeply in love. Yes, we argued often. He was passionate and emotional man and not always easy to live with. But we loved each other very much. <laughs> that was almost like a little kiss at the end. <clears throat> Why do you think that no one else ever heard him speak of this piece? This is another reason I'm so convinced this piece is mine, Carmen. Has it been just another studio number, he would have said. But as personal piece, of course, he would have kept silent about it. It was just his way. So you believe this piece is authentic? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's absolutely <coughs> no doubt. You can hear Seymour's exquisite touch right through it. I knew that long before the experts were called in. And how do you feel about the piece having been released to the public in this way? That's dreadful, of course. What about suggestions for his fans that the music should be left on the public domain? Things are getting weird. My accent is just yeah. going down it, the it tubes. It's getting weird. It changed. changed. What, what about suggestions from his fans? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <clears throat> what about suggestions from his fans that the music should be left in the public domain? They say it's too late to change it now, and they say that Leighton would approve. These people that never knew Seymour, Carmen, he would never have wanted it to come out this way. The piece may have been finished, but it hadn't been professionally produced. Seymour would have never satisfied with that. We should, of course, discourage people from pirating this music. They should wait for professional production to be made. Seymour would have wanted it that way. Mason, why is it that the ownership of this music is under such a cloud? You're the executor. Isn't it a matter of looking at his will? It was that simple, Carmen. I really do. One problem is, of course, the length of time since Seymour's death. The estate was effectively wound up some time ago. But even that wasn't an issue. There are complications with the will itself. Seymour's will is too detailed. It runs to a great many pages, and he was very explicit about what he wanted. <laughs> Done with every... with each and every piece of music he wrote. Every piece except... This one, you mean? Exactly! It is clear to anyone that reads the will that had he remembered this piece, he would have given clear instructions as to its disposal. He left no catch-all that can be interpreted as covering this situation, so that has left it open. The result, as you've seen, is that everyone is claiming that he would have left his rights to them. So why did he neglect this one? Are you suggesting it isn't really his? No, Carmen. I bow to the experts on this, <laughs> and they say Last Rhapsody is authentic. You weren't a fan of his music? Seymour understood that I would be acting in a professional capacity. He knew my musical taste ran differently to his... But that wasn't an issue. His death came quickly, but it was sudden. Why do you think he neglected his piece in this will? Did he not mention it to you at all? I was with him often in his last days. <laughs> there were some final adjustments to his will, <clears throat> all property witnessed and signed, and never was there any mention of this piece. Can you think of any reason for the Only 
that it must have slipped his mind completely. Are you genuinely breathing in the middle of this? Because it's so yes. stressful for you. So yes. But according to expert analysis, last web city was only recently completed. Perhaps that explains it. He has a lot on his plate near the end. You all, perhaps, talking about his tumultuous on-again-off-again relationship with Michelle? Or maybe his roaring arguments with his younger brother, Roger? Or was it the rumors of a secret love affair? I started to sound French towards it. A secret <laughs> love affair? Damn it! <laughs> Go ahead. That's fine. I was thinking of his cancer, Carmen. So, Mason, who do you think would have had the rights to this piece? Unlike so many others, I think it's very clear. It should fall with the rest of the residuary estate. Which goes to a charity, I'll see. A charity for which you are one of its administrators? Just one of several, Carmen. Charles. Mm, Call me Charlie, please. All right, Charlie. You're with us tonight on behalf of Seymour Layton Fan Club. Is that right? Mm, That's right, Carmen. The Layers. It's a reference from one of his earlier pieces. I'm one of the founding <laughs> members. We're the oldest official supporter supporters group. Seymour used to come online and chat with his fans at our site as often as he could. Lawyers. Layers. What? It says layers. Uh, oh, the layers. Yeah, no, oh. she, he's right. He's right. Okay. Go, go fuck yourself, Kim. Why don't you just keep laying there like a turd? Okay. <laughs> oh, I see. And your group? Not just our group. <laughs> His fans worldwide agreed with us on this. We're convinced his death was <laughs> no accident. It was cancer. We believe it was just a cover-up. <laughs> Some believe his wife, I won't repeat on the air what some of his fans called her, <laughs> irritated Seymour caused his cancer. Surely, it's that's just... But others were convinced his brother did something, or maybe that shady-looking character that handled all the legal stuff after his death. In fact, you brought it up. Charlie, there are no suspicious circumstances surrounding Seymour Layton's death. That just shows you how clever it was. There's even a small fraction of fans that think one of his students arranged it. (laughs) Some quite plausible scenarios have been offered. (laughs) (laughs) Nice upswing at the end that you could barely already do. It was unusual, wasn't it, for a musician in Seymour Layton's position to take on students? More than usual, unprecedented. That was just the sort of a man Seymour was. <laughs> God. You're like the worst fan group leader I've ever heard. Very giving. If more professional musicians followed his example, tutoring and mentoring upcoming musicians and interesting... Interacting. Interacting with their fans in such an open and active way... Then the whole music industry would be better off. 
there were rumors that Leighton had affairs with some of his students, male and female. That's just too cliché, really, to believe, isn't it, Carmen? (laughs) (laughs) You said comma. I know, you're right. Yeah. You're doing a magnificent job. You're doing an upswing uh, and a brand new voice. Uh, we're it's shit, just the no sort of thing. Man, it's just too cliched to really believe, isn't it, Carmen? <laughs> it's just the sort of thing Siemens critics. Seymour's Seymour not Siemens. Siemens <laughs> <laughs> critics. Seymour's uh, critics would have made up just to discredit him. He was a lovely man with many friends. Certainly he was openly affectionate, but that is just who he was. And what did his fans make of Last Rhapsody when Ben Caton made it available to all? At first there was a lot of doubt. It was only to be <laughs> expected. <laughs> Go ahead. But as soon as everyone really sits down and listens to it, it's the doubt simply vanishes. It's beautiful piece, quite possibly his best work, although not everyone agrees with me on that. Many fans have suggested it must have been written after he realized he was going to die, that he was trying to bring all of his brilliance together in one piece. It is almost literally culmination of everything he has done so far. What makes you say that, Charlie? It was just so beautiful and thoughtful, thoughtfully composed. <laughs> there were echoes of almost everything Seymour ever did. They run right through it. So it's a derivative work, a copy of what's been done before? Certainly not. We've heard that accusation before, but even Michelle and Roger have joined together to denounce such a ridiculous claims. All the true experts agree this is something that builds on what went before it in a completely original way. It's a perfect expression of who Seymour Lane was and how his music has always made people feel... Is it right that most of his fans want to see his last rhapsody placed officially in the public domain? Absolutely, (laughs) (laughs) That way it was found (laughs) and released as something that Seymour would have thoroughly approved. We believe this piece was written for his fans. Some say it was Seymour's spirit that guided Ben to the music and helped him make it available in this way. Leighton left no other music to the public. Don't it make sense that he would want any money from his piece to go toward his family or maybe to one of his charities he supported in his view? No, we don't see that at all. If Seymour is still alive, all his fans would willingly keep buying his music to support him. But now he's dead. Where's the money going to go but to his cheating wife or his undeserving brother? What have they done to deserve more? But no, Carmen. The fans are what brought Seymour Leighton his fame and fortune. I feel confident in stating that Seymour 
if he were here with us now, would say that his fans are the ones that deserve the small thank you for their support through his career. Support that continues even now after his death. Why do you think that nothing has been found that speaks of his work on this piece? Carmen, won't you look through the, all of his files as I have? <laughs> You see that there is often no mention of what he was working on at any particular time. When Seymour finished a piece, he would often destroy his notes, not wanting any reminders of his imperfections that existed along the way. He said that he only wanted to remember the final product. <laughs> the sculpture at the end! <laughs> Not all the chisel marks that battered his fingers along the way. He could be quite a, the poet, my brother. Do you think Seymour would be happy that you have gone through all his things? He said some very unflattering things about you in the press. All families have their tips. <laughs> it's just <coughs> those in the spotlight of the media, they get blown up in a portion. Despite what the press has reported, my brother and I were very close. Michelle, he said otherwise. Michelle would have to, <laughs> wouldn't she? <laughs> it was usually her that Seymour and I would argue about. Oh? She was bad for him and Seymour didn't like when I told him that. <laughs> you sound like Monty Python. <laughs> but, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Is Michelle the reason why you were at your brother's funeral? I felt horrible to him to stay away like that, but it would have been worse to have caused a scene. I knew I couldn't trust Michelle to remain civil, so <coughs> my only recourse. So my only recourse was to be absent myself. Seymour would have understood. And that last rhapsody, do you like it? Oh, very much. <laughs> like many, I consider it to be the best thing my brother did. I firmly believe it will soon become his signature piece, the one that everyone recognizes as being the definitive Seymour Leighton. And who should control the voice? <laughs> You already know the answer to that. <laughs> I love when you answer softly as I have <laughs> <I'm> said <laughs> you know, enough to the press. You think they should go to you? I think that would only be fair. He was my brother and I think the only appropriate that I should retain control over what will become the greatest of my brother's legacies. Find your voice. It's a little too close, man. It's okay. It's okay. We're way too close. I don't care. That's part of the beauty of it. I'm getting quieter and closer. The press reports that you left a substantial amount of money. Isn't that enough? It's not about the money. It's Seymour's legacy to the world. It's about Seymour Layton's name. <laughs> Who knows what crazy thing Michelle may end up doing with those pieces that were left in her control. But isn't that the point? He left some music 
What did you say? <laughs> you have no idea? I knew yeah. it. All right, do you want me to say it louder? Sure. But isn't that the point? He left some music to Michelle, but none to you. I think this was a piece he was planning to leave to me. But his illness in the end got to be too much for him. And I, he simply forgot to put it in. <laughs> what about charity? Wouldn't it be logical to leave all the rights to charity? Wouldn't that be the first outcome from all of these? Carmen. What charity has... The expertise to handle this properly, we have to see the existing proliferation of pirated copies stop. We have to see the piece professionally produced and packaged. And we have to provide an ongoing management advertising and related complications. It's not something that Charity or Michelle quite frankly, is competent to handle. Sergeant, you should hear this. What do you got? <laughs> the tech guys just sent up the last of the files off that drive. <laughs> That's Minnesota. I, <laughs> Haven't we already seen all that? There's still a couple of small ones that <laughs> the kid hadn't gotten around to opening. <laughs> This one's a voice message. Now you're starting to sound kind of Irishy. It's, well, it yeah, it's bouncing around Minnesota and Scotland. Ah, go with it. <laughs> Don't make me come over there. Turn up the volume. <laughs> that sounded Swedish. I don't know what the hell I was trying to do there. <laughs> uh, okay, listen. Seymour. What god awful fucking mess goaded me, it did. I spent days moping around like a kangaroo that's lost his fucking trail. I got pissed a lot. I look fucking terrible. Then it hit me. Here I was feeling sorry that I was going to lose you, and you're stuck there with that bitch Michelle that you never had the balls to ditch, and that asshole of a brother always grubbing for you, moolah, as if dying wasn't bad enough. So I slapped myself across the face. That gave me a good chuckle. It brought back memories. We had good times, didn't we? Remember hunting down the crows? Me for that Sheila's. You for anything that took your fancy. Ha! What would your fans have made of that? Eh? Eh? I could do a big expose. Give them all a fucking wake up. I'm totally sounding cockney right no, now. No, you're doing great. Thanks, brother, man. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Don't panic, Seymour, me old mate. It's when our secret then. It'll lay our secret. But I had to do something. I can picture you there with everyone crowding around, whispering. <laughs> I'm starting to sound crazy. <laughs> As if the cancer makes your ears hurt. <laughs> what you need is a laugh. You told all your students to do their own thing. Don't fucking copy. God, it totally sounds cockney. No, you're. I'm dying, dying, man. Since I'm losing it so much, I'm gonna have to go in a whole new direction. Put your pants on. You told all your students to do their own thing. There we go. That's the voice. You told all your students to do their own thing. Don't fucking copy. You used to yell at me again and again, cause that was always my problem, wasn't it? I could emulate and adapt like some master art foger, but I was never much of an original creation, for original creation. I don't know why you stuck with me so long. Yeah, I do. Because we had a laugh. I could make your own gorgeous music laugh at itself. And that's when I realized what I had to do. A mate in the rough is a mate showing off. 
totally sounding like Michael Caine. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's happening in my voice, That's man. It's okay. I'm doing this though. Just to date. Just do Michael Michael Caine doing <laughs> so Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good mindset to get myself in. <laughs> so here it is. A tribute to your ability as a teacher, and mine is a forger. Make sure no one else is in the room when you play it. This last rhapsody is for you, mate. A private joke between friends. Just don't forget to delete when you're done. Can you imagine the stink it would make? What a laugh. Don't fear the dark, mate. It'll light you up. I'm pretty sure we're both headed to the same place, so I'll be seeing you. So that was Entitlement by GM War Voice. Yes. Uh, Brian? Yeah. Fuck you. Kim? Right on. What would... Nice response. So, sweat levels. Ten. I, this whole accent business was so stressful. Oh, it was insane. <laughs> yeah. And I stressful. didn't even try to do an accent. Well, we warmed specifically. up. Specifically. As we said earlier, hey. we spent a good hour. And I yeah. realized there was no chance. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not no chance. And mine was falling apart. Um, whispering you into the mic. <laughs> you start. You started out strong. I started out strong, really but it's, it's only did. because I'm whispering into the mic. I was doing the sedation dentistry thing, and uh, and I was able to kind of pull it off in a probably insulting kind of way. But at the end, when I had to speak clearly, <laughs> it was just basically the Beatles with a Scottish accent. <laughs> it was just all falling apart. Um. <clears throat> If you could pick a keyword to describe how you feel about this book, what would be your keyword? Love. <laughs> wow. Very creative. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Love. <laughs> Brian. Yes. Sweat levels on this book? No, Tim. Yeah, I oh, got a Jesus. good one. I got a good high level on my sweats for this yeah. as well. Lingering thoughts. Lingering thoughts that excite you in a very base <laughs> level wow. kind of way. Brian. What the hell? <laughs> that's it. What the hell? What the hell is how it, that's your thoughts? How huh? about that? Okay, fine. I'll just I'm gonna stick with that. Alright, fine. For me, it's a plethora of ex-wives, people frantically trying to take credit for this person's legacy is a fantasy I want to have when I die. I would love Kim to say Pat only existed for me. Brian's like, no, no, Pat and I were closer than you two would ever be. And then I have some random friend come out. Like, I want people fighting over my corpse. Wow. Wow. So I'm giving it a 10, just because it was the fantasy of what I wish I could have if I was more creative and produced things that people liked. I don't (laughs) think Brian's going to fight me on it. I think he'll be like, it's your brother. Go. I don't know, man. Brian got, we got a connection over our bell and a couple other things. There might be, he might surprise you. He might come out of nowhere. I don't know. I'll be pushing away from the mic. Oh. <laughs> my brother was not nearly as loved by me. Well, Patsy was like a brother. Although not uh, by blood. Exactly. Brian started up a fan club that like maybe <laughs> one person might join just for me with that voice. Yeah. Kim. Yeah. Huh? This is the time where you pull your shit together and we do literary quote of the week. Yes, it is. <laughs> I have to grab it. Hemingway. Whoa, you're calling him out early so we don't doubt the quote. Yep. Look at you. There is nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at the typewriter and bleed. Oh! Bleed. Oh, it's down there. Bleed. Bleed. (laughs) Bleed.
Wow. Yeah, bleed. I was going to join in and start reading what you were reading. Except you that I couldn't thought fit. we were up Because your thumb was up on the paragraph. Why are you reading paragraphs randomly? I'm that down was at here. the bottom of the page. I'm down. I picked it. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> I do. This is this my is notebook. I know. You got a system? You're going to tell us you got yes. a system? Yes. All right. Fine. Okay, so I guess I will read the crap at the end that I hate doing. Um, I need people to support me while I do my warm-up, so here we go. All right, let's do it. Foster's Lager, Foster's Lager, Foster's Lager. You can reach us by visiting our website, pleaseletmereadtoyou.com, where you can read about upcoming shows or contact us through the form. To have us read your book, or touch your face like you fucking do to me. All the time. Oh, <laughs> keep no, keep yeah. reading. It's not difficult. <laughs> oh no, it's hard. Yeah, isn't it? it is. Now it's distracting. Or tell us what you think. You can email us at please let me read to you at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our show on Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes, where you can rate us and leave a comment. You're like a radio announcer. Wow. This is amazing to listen to. And <clears throat> you can find us on the web at Facebook, facebook.com slash I need to read to you, Twitter, twitter.com at let me read to you, Tumblr, please let me read to you dot And if you're John <clears throat> Chocula, let me take this back over on this part here. You can listen. No, nope, no, you don't do that yet because this is where this is the part where we insult John Jacula, who is a human pile of shit. <clears throat> John Jacula, I would like you to come down to my clinic, where I will simply give you a small pill that will arrest your heart rate, and you will sleep into a relaxing slumber as I dump your body into the dumpster in the back, and your family will never see you again. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, <laughs> soundcloud.com slash I'm reading to you now. Thanks for reading. I'm proud of you. <clears throat> Next segment, apparently. Oh, somebody Sorry. Brian. <laughs> oh, Brian. I thought it was probably Kim because Kim farts on every episode. Nope. Ugh. All right, here we go. I gotta find a voice for this. I wish it was that simple. Coming, I really do. <laughs> One problem is, of course, the length of time since Seymour's death. I can't do that. Damn it! I'll do it if you want me to. What, you're gonna sing it? Nope. I'll oh, do, do you wanna do it? Do you do it? Do, I'll do my, one by guy, my one guy voice. There you go. All right. Hold on. Hold the fuck on. (laughs) (laughs) She was back. (laughs) She almost dropped her iPad. (laughs)